You're listening to episode 51 of the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. And this episode is brought to you by my new shop, the shop that is available at school.easymedicaldevice.com. On this shop, I make to you available some templates for your move to the MDR or some coaching session that I'm providing. And uh, there is also some online courses like the free mini course uh, for MDR 2017-745. And soon there will be more that are coming. So don't hesitate to go to school.easymedicaldevice.com to see what is available. So let's start now with this episode about uh, one economic operator, which is a distributor, and to see what are the, its responsibilities within the MDR. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we will talk about an economic operator. So we have a lot of economic operators and uh, our guest today will try to help us to understand them. But we'll focus on a specific one, which is the distributor. So for that, I have with me Nicola Nitsch. Uh, he's the sales manager at ScanMed Norway. Uh, and uh, ScanMed Norway is a distributor. So it's why I invited him to help us understand what is the current situation for distributors uh, with the new medical device uh, regulation. So Nikolai, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Thank you. So Nicola, just quickly, so uh, we met together um, because you were releasing some videos on LinkedIn uh, talking about MDR, the situation that is happening, asking questions to people, also about Brexit, uh, some video about Brexit, which were really great. And um, I decided to connect with you to understand more uh, why you are doing all those videos. And then we discussed about the situation about distributors. And I said, oh, it would be really great to talk about that on, on my podcast. So then uh, it's why we really um, planned this episode. Uh, because I think there is a lot of information that are, um, didn't reach, if I can say, the, the distributors. So it would be great then to inform them of what they should put in place to be, uh, to be uh, compliant. So before that, Nikolai, so can you introduce yourself and tell us more about you? Yeah, thanks. My name is uh, Nikolai Nitsch and I work as a sales manager for neurology products in uh, Norway at uh, ScanMed. We, um, we have some, some challenging about the, the MDR, so that was why I wanted to sort of inform people um, uh, about that in the videos that uh, you have seen on, uh, on LinkedIn. So that was really nice that you reached out and wanted to make this podcast. And uh, so when we were uh, looking at that, you were kind of alarming or not alarming, really trying to get information to say people, hey guys, do you know about this? Hey guys, do you know about that? So it's something that is currently uh, a problem for your company if i can say for the distributors that you are so you start to see some issues if i can say yeah exactly you know that the the mdr deadline is coming quite close and um, and i have the feeling that some some companies and manufacturers maybe are um, um, too late um, maybe not too late but there's not enough not notified bodies to handle all these uh, 
manufacturers. So I think that is um, that is a problem, and I wanted to to get some focus on that. No, I think so, it's great. Uh, so that's why. So let's start now just to explain a bit to the people what is uh, what are the economic operators. So maybe you can help us on that uh, because you are one. I mean, everybody nearly is one. There is uh, each one has his own role. So what are now the economic operators? Uh, right now we have some some different um, operators. We have the manufacturers, of course. Then we have the authorized uh, representative. Um, then we have the importer and the distributor. So each of them are, are described in the MDR with its own um, own um, rules, what they have to fulfill. Uh, I've been mainly focusing on the um, distributor point uh, of view because that, that's where we are standing. But there are quite some requirements if you are an importer as well or a um, authorized uh, representative. <clears throat> Yeah, so, so um, we we have yeah we have those four actors. Um, this is really something new. I mean, this is a new vocabulary that is 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 coming now with the MDR, uh, which mm -hmm. bring uh, really clear responsibility, if I can say, regarding the, the those operators, uh, mm -hmm. which was not the case with the MDD. Uh, now mm -hmm. those operators um, are really critical. Uh, because they have really some kind of uh, high responsibility and not just uh, not just uh, move, if I can say, the products without really looking at them. They have really to to have a close look at those products. So, well, and if I can say, what's nice about the MDR is that it's clear defined what, who has what responsibilities. So, so that's that's really good, actually. Yeah, exactly. It's true that, as I've said, MDD was not so clear with that. So. We had a lot of maybe questions and there was no answer inside the guidance or inside the, the MDD. And now it's it's clarified uh, clarified with that. But uh, it also put a lot of pressures on the manufacturers because uh, now uh, there is a lot of things that those economic operators have to do to check that the manufacturer has done his, his job. When before it was more the job of a notified body and now it's really a job of a lot of uh, other entities that are uh, running around the, those manufacturers. Exactly. So now let's focus on distributor. So you are a distributor, your company yeah. is a distributor of medical devices. Um, yeah. So what can you tell us about the distributor role and uh, the, the chances, if I can say, or the responsibilities? What are they now and what they should put in place to be compliant to the MDR 2017-745 and also IVDR? Yeah, exactly. Um, what our responsibility um, has become is that um, we have uh, we have to check that um, the manufacturers are fulfilling the um, the MDR. So that's a responsibility for the distributor. Uh, we have to check that the, the devices are CE marked, that labels and uh, the manuals are in local language or a language that this country accepts. Um, then we have to verify that the uh, importer's name is either on the device or in the documentation. Uh, if I have to look back at devices, these are usually on the devices. Okay. Um, then we have to verify that they have this new uh, UDI number uh, on the device. 
uh, then we have to make sure that our storage and shipment there uh, is uh, acquired to the manufacturer's um, demands. Uh, they have to approve what how it should be shipped and stored. So, so we have to make sure that that's fulfilled. Uh, then we have to register complaints, callbacks, uh, um, misused devices, and and stuff like that. And we have to make sure that public authorities have access to this information on requests. Okay. So it's mainly uh, a long list of activities. Do you know if some of those requirements uh, were already exist? I mean, you were already fulfilling that before or there are all new requirements that you have now to fulfill? Um, actually, what we have, we have a, a lot of these things we have done for many years. We just have to make sure that, that what we have been doing for all these years is compliant with, with the new MDR. So that's what we are investigating at the moment. For example, we have had a, a system where complaints and recalls and stuff like that is documented in. We just now have to make sure that all the information we have in there, in there is enough information uh, because we have been giving um, manufacturers that for, for some years. So it means that um, you... You, I mean, yeah, it's it's this these new requirements about post marketing servers that we have really uh, all the information coming from the different uh, economic operators. Um, do did you had to create a specific software or a specific system for that, or you you had already that before? Or do you have to change something now on your systems? Um, we we have had it before. Um, so so we just um, um, we have to make some small adjustments for it. Um, um, we want to, if public authorities want this information, we sort of want easy to to export this information or give them access to the system in in some way. So that's something we uh, we have to look into how we can do that uh, easily. Um, and then we also have to to make sure that the information in the system is what uh, what is compliant. So now, regarding the, the first requirement, which is uh, about um, looking at the CE certificate, so um, mm. it's something that you will do, I mean, how, how should we do that? So you'll do that for each shipment, you'll do that for each product, you'll do that for, what, what is the, the requirements here? We will do it for each uh, product. But um, so, so when you receive the product yeah. for the first time only, or when you receive each time you receive a new, a new batch or new a new product you have to check that um it's not uh, it's not the batch it's um, you sort of have the c marking that's compliant for this uh, product and then you will you have an end date for that um for that product and before that end date we will check for a new c marking okay so it's really yeah. that you have a, a clear database saying uh, we have received the ce mark uh, certificate. Mm. It's from this date to this date, and before the mm. end of the date, you have to reach out again to the manufacturer and ask exactly. him to provide me that uh, things. And if if he doesn't provide that to you, I suppose that you have to stop uh, the delivery of this product. Yeah, exactly. We we'll, we will have to have a, a closer uh, contact with the manufacturers if they can't provide it because we need to know. Okay, why can't they provide it? Is it because that they're not fulfilling it? And if the product doesn't have a CE mark, we are not allowed to bring it to, to market. Yeah, clear. Uh, and we also have the responsibility if we sort of have a, um, we have a feeling that this, a strong feeling that this product does not fulfill um, MDR for some reason, 
then we have to um, to give the local authorities a, a notification about that uh, together with the manufacturer. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's really something that um, uh, I see on many economic operators. I saw that also on the authorized representative. Is uh, authorized representative for for a foreign company or company that outside of Europe. And if he sees that anything is wrong with the product that they are providing to Europe, he has the responsibility to alert and to um, to, to inform the authorities. So it's something that is really uh, clear now that you yeah. are also responsible if there is something that's happening to the market when you know about the, the, the product that is wrong, then it's also your responsibility. Um, mm. Is this something that is creating more awareness for a distributor to say, oh, guys, we have really this responsibility now. We are liable. So... We should take more care about it. We should create more uh, quality control points or this kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, of course it will be because, because we are responsible for, for that part as well. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to check our manufacturers more carefully than, uh, than we have done before because we have, we have this obligation as well. So, so that is something we, we will consider. One new thing now, uh, which I suppose is really important also for the distributors, is the UDI. So UDI yeah. is something that is um, new for Europe. It's already existing in the US and maybe other regions, um, mm -hmm. but for Europe, it's quite new. So yeah. does this change anything to you or to the distribution um, that you are doing for your products? Yeah, because we have to... Um I can say what we're doing today is that we have these serial and lot numbers. We have to uh, sort of know where we have sold them to. The same we have to do with this uh, UDI number. Uh, so what we're going to do is that we are in the database where we document where we have sold these serial numbers to. We're going to add the UDI uh, field as well. So that we can say, okay, this UDI number is sold to this hospital at that date. Yeah, because, because that would help if, if you have a recall or uh, or a complaint or anything. Exactly. So you have really to track back when the manufacturer will contact you and say, um, I have I had an issue with this, this UDI code. Yeah. So you have to track back and see exactly where the product uh, was going so that you can exactly. recall it or inform the hospitals or, or do some, some actions, which is really also part of the, of the, yeah, the, the vigilance process uh, for, exactly. for in Europe. But, but that's actually not so different for us because we are used to do that with a serial number or a lot number. So if the manufacturers come to us and say, oh yeah, this uh, lot number has a, a recall, so you have to get all those back. We can track those today. So adding this UDI number is, is not so difficult an operation for us. Um, so, so that's, um, yeah, you know, they have, they have, uh, they have standard in the statement that it should be a barcode or a QR code or FID. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's quite easy for us to add that to our, our system. It's not they're punching a lot of numbers. So, uh, so, so it's going to be good. Do you have already some kind of system to read that? So uh, barcode, RFID, or uh, QR code, it's something that you don't have to invest yeah. in? Get that? No, we have that today. We actually scan serial numbers today if uh, the serial number is a barcode. 
Okay. So, um, yeah, for the audience, just, just to maybe explain that, um, yeah, we can have a lot number on the products. We can have a serial number on the products, etc. The UDI is containing those numbers. So the UDI is part of, there is two parts. There is the UDI-DI, which is a fixed number, uh, which is specific to the, the, the products and the level of packaging that you have on the products. And you have the UDI-PI, which is the production uh, identification number which tells you the expiry date, which tells you the lot number, the serial number, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's why it's content inside. So when you have a lot number, when you have a UDI code, you have really the ID card of the products. When you have just a lot number, you are, if, for a distributor, I suppose that it can be more difficult because maybe some other companies do have the same kind of uh, format of lot number, which is not really maybe uh, easy then to, to track. Exactly. Uh, one thing I also want to to mention is that um, that the label and manufacturer uh, or the uh, manuals have to be in a local language that should be provided by the manufacturers. Um, I know that some um, distributors and importers they um, they actually translate these by local companies or themselves. Um, and if they do that on the MDR, they will actually have all the same obligations as the manufacturers. Yeah, clear. So, so they will take on a, quite a lot of responsibility uh, if they do that. So this is something that is also important to the local languages. Um, one thing that is currently not clear for me and maybe for others, there is no kind of official list of which language is accepted by each country. So it means that uh, Sweden, for example, where you are, I think for sure Swedish will be one language. But do they accept also English? Do they accept another maybe Finnish language? Uh, this is something that uh, is not really clear for, for people. And maybe if somebody can provide a kind of a list of official accepted language for each country can be also helpful. Um, but yeah, I think this is something that is difficult for manufacturers. So are you helping them to tell them you should provide us those documents in this language? Yeah, yeah, we we do that um, we do that today, but it's it's hard to convince a big um, global manufacturers that uh, we need a Norwegian manual where there only is uh, a population of five million people. Okay. Um. So so that's uh, that can be a struggle sometimes, but I hope actually the MDR will will help us in that because now we can say. This is your responsibility and you need to do it. And actually, uh, regarding the languages, I know in Norway, the only accepted language is actually Norwegian. Okay. So uh, it's the same in France. <laughs> in yeah. France, we have the same thing. So we have a local law that says uh, French is the only language that is accepted on documentation, administration, mm. etc., uh, which mm. is something that can... Uh, uh, be a struggle for some manufacturers that are selling the products um, in the region. But yeah. we have the chance that uh, French is talked uh, in France, in Belgium, in, Swiss in Switzerland, uh, so in yeah. other African countries also, so it can make it uh, easier for them to say yeah. that uh, we have uh, the possibility to distribute uh, that in many countries. But yeah, I yeah. think th one of the struggles will be the languages. So for now, you as a distributor, you are not... Uh, translating languages and providing new uh, IFUs, etc., with, with your translations to those manufacturers. No, uh, you know there is a, a official manual from the manufacturers uh, that we will provide with uh, with the equipment, 
and sometimes we together with uh, with hospitals we will provide a like a custom quick guide for for systems or something like that so we have to investigate also if if that would fall into to this category or, or how that works um and regarding the languages i know that some hospitals they they will accept other uh, manuals than just uh, norwegian for example but uh, but that's a local uh, thing they have okay so yeah it's i think something uh, a question that we should really answer about languages what is accepted what is not accepted um mm. because now it's really written on the mdr that it's only local local accepted language that is um that should be fulfilled and uh, on the on those documentation uh so it which can make the life of the manufacturers a bit uh, more difficult but maybe also the life of distributors if they are taking care of many countries at the same time uh, so um okay so do you think there is something else here to talk about the distributor because i think the the the, the issue is also that if those distributors are not changing that or putting that in place they will not be able anymore to to distribute the products if they don't have this uh, this kind of um, activity done so um should are you are you now in a, in progress to change something on your systems so that you are compliant to the mdr and ivdr uh, yeah we, we are we're sort of trying to make a um like a checklist system we have to check if uh, the manufacturers is fulfilling mdr we have to check do we have c marking for this when is the expire date and all these uh, checks we have to do for each uh, each manufacturers and each product and about uh, about also the agreement that you are signing with the manufacturers i think something like yeah. that also should be changed yeah exactly a lot of manufacturers will probably come to us with new agreements and and there we have to to check what they state that we are if they state we are an importer or a distributor and and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of companies who who are a bit confused in this um actually um but you know if if someone wants for us to be an importer they have to be aware that our name has to be stamped uh, Yeah, on the device for example and, and stuff like that yeah so mainly we want to be a distributor and when you talk to manufacturers that's also what they want actually okay so um you are not importer it means no okay <laughs> so uh, an importer is mainly somebody that is uh, bringing products from outside of europe to inside of europe so uh, yeah. it means placing the products on the market uh, which is uh, can be the role only of a manufacturer of or of an importer and distributors are the ones that receive the product from the manufacturers or the importers to be then sold uh, on the european country um, but yeah it's just to, to make a precision for that so um yeah. Nicolai, just maybe let's talk a bit more about your company as a distributor, so ScanMed. Um, can you tell us yeah. more about it, what they are doing, what their specialty, uh, where they are maybe? Yeah, exactly. Um, ScanMed um, Norway is a, a group um, where we have, um, have companies in uh, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, and of course, uh, Norway, where we're located. Um, so we are around um, 60 people in uh, in our group, uh, and uh, we distribute a lot of uh, different uh, products, EEG products, dialysis, uh, birth monitoring products, um, yeah, and we have uh, some light treatment uh, products as well. So so we do quite uh, quite a lot. Um, 
we're strong in um, in EEG, um, we're strong in ECG, dialysis, uh, and have quite a lot of equipment around uh, the hospitals in uh, in the Nordic. So that makes us quite a strong uh, partner because we have local people and local offices in uh, each country. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a big advantage for us. Um, the manufacturers usually they they can either have one uh, contact for the whole Nordics, or they can have contacts in each country. We're very flexible uh, on that. Uh, the founder of the company is still very active in the company, um, and that's a very good thing because we sort of, even though we are sixty people, we we act as a small company. We we don't have uh, a lot of management change or, or stuff like that. So. So we are flexible in doing things. No, and we have been around for, for nearly 40 years now. So a solid partner, as you mentioned. So uh, are you accepting new customers? Because maybe some of the audience are looking for a distributor uh, to, be, to sell their products in Europe. So uh, are you uh, somebody that is accepting new customers? Uh, yeah, we're always interested in to, to hear what, uh, what people have. And then we can have a look at the products and see if that's something that's interested for, for the customers we have or how, how it should be. Okay, no, it's great. So yeah, as I said, uh, ScanMed looks like a really a strong partner. They are already moving uh, to the MDR uh, changes. So it's something that is uh, really uh, great. Uh, just one last question maybe for you. It's... Uh, what is one thing that you think that MDR or IVDR will maybe uh, change or will create maybe some difficulties for you? So what is one thing? Uh, one thing is that, um, that, that this whole notified body is where we don't have enough notified bodies to certify uh, all the companies for the new MDR. Uh, so we maybe fear that some companies will not make it in time. Um, then we are not able to buy the products from them after uh, May 2020. Uh, and that means also that we cannot bring these products to market. Uh, and that's something that we, we, um, we're looking into at the moment, if, if that's going to be a, a scenario for us or, or what's it, uh, it going to be. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's it's clear then yeah to inform the manufacturers about um, the, the the potential uh, risk they have uh, if they are not complying to the MDR that they have also to find quickly a new notified body if the their notified body is not moving to the to the MDR uh, or yeah. IVDR and uh, then also yeah to uh, contact their distributors uh, so that they can really already start the journey with them. Um, it's one of the things that I had with a, a discussion with um, with uh, Angelina Hakim on, on one of my videos. Uh, is one of the pitfalls uh, for an MDR and IVDR project is to start um, to contact your distributor when you have finished everything and you mm. just send them the agreement to say, oh, sign here. And maybe then they will not like what you wrote inside or they cannot fulfill the requirements that are mentioned. So it's why it's a journey. So. Uh, embark with you all the distributors, uh, importers, or authorized representative with you uh, to see if they will be able to comply with your requirements and uh, so that you are not losing time and, and you are not uh, putting also your company in danger because you will not be able to, um, to place your products on the market. So exactly. great. Something else from your side? Uh, no, I just want to, to mention that uh, this is, of course, um, our opinion and uh, 
um, and there can be other opinions as well. So, yeah. Um, so if you are distributors and have other opinion over the way to do things, please reach out to me also. I'm really interested to hear that. And as I said here, the objective is really to educate and help the distributors to understand what are their requirements uh, so that they are really fulfilling the MDR and IVDR requirements. But uh, yeah, as, as we said, so it's really... Um, really not uh not something that is uh, on the on the marble so you have really to think about it to find the best way for you to comply with the mdr and ivdr uh, and then to be able to place the products uh, on the market okay so um for the people that are really uh looking at this podcast so please uh don't forget to subscribe on the youtube channel or on the apple podcast or on the other um other um providers don't forget also to provide me a, provide me a review, a nice review, please, <laughs> just to say that if you like it or not. Uh, I saw some reviews that were uh, good and where, where there is also some good feedback on how I can improve the podcast. So I will take that into account for, for next episode. So thank you for that. Uh, and uh, please also uh, don't forget to, uh, to go to some other providers like Alexa or Google Home. I'm starting now to uh, have this uh, available. So uh, just say, Alexa, can you make me the medical device uh, podcast? And uh, let's see if it's working or not. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so please also, if you have any other comments or any other topics that you really want to see on the podcast, don't hesitate. Please send me an email. Just say to me that uh, you really want to hear about this and that. I saw something about uh, PMCF, about uh, PMS, etc. So I will try to get uh, back with some people uh, about that. But yeah, there is so many topics to cover. So thank you for that. And thank you for uh, all your feedback. Okay, Nicolas, so um, thank you for your help. Thank you for all the information you provided. Uh, as I said, so people, please contact Nicolai. Uh, you are on LinkedIn, I think, as I yes. find you on LinkedIn. So I'll put it yeah. there. And um, also on the website, so uh, ScanMed website, which I will put also the details. So if people can want to follow up with you or want you to ask you any question. Okay, yes. so Nicolai, thank you. And I wish you a nice day. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Bye.